That's good, everybody. The first playoff poll is out, and it's causing a lot of reaction across the world of college football. The Heisman race is as wide open as it has been all season. And meanwhile, in Gainesville, Jim McElwain is out. There's a lot going on, a lot to chew on in this episode of Pat's Interference, episode 19. It's our national episode, and we got kind of a long one for you this week. We covered a lot of ground since we did take off last week with Alabama's bye week. So we got a lot we're going to be talking about as we move into this final month of the regular season. It's November, the month where boys become men. Sit back, relax, go ahead and listen. We'll set you up for the rest of the college football season. Right now, you're listening to Pat's Interference. Good evening, everybody. This is Pat's Interference, Year 3, Episode 19. This is our national episode. We're back on the national kick. Pat's Interference is back. Alabama took the week off last week, so Brick and I thought we would too. If you're looking for the Bama episode for this week, it is already out. That was Year 3, Episode 18. You're going to want to go one back in iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or flip over to the B side of the tape deck. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Patrick Norwood. I'm the other host, Patrick Brickman. Hey, uh... This is going to be one of our better ones of the season. I'm already going to call it. Yeah. No, this is going to be a good one. We've got a lot to go over. We've missed. Not missed a lot. We, we've got a lot to recap, shall we say, because we never miss anything. No, we don't uh, miss listen, anything. Listen. Listen. You think you're the first to hear college football news? No. You hear about it because Brick and I let you hear about it. All right? That's a good That's way to put it. That's how you hear about it. That's a good way to put uh, it. it. It's good to be back. Uh, brace yourselves. It's going to be a long episode. Drink so your kind of We're about to Hang go. in. Drink your milks. Uh, it's, it's going to be a long one. Uh, the band one's been kind of short. Uh, we've had some shorter episodes, uh, leading up to this one. And, uh, we're really going to dive in head first here. Uh, Brick, you just want to get right into it, my friend. Yeah, let's pick up with, uh, we got a two games that I wanted to talk about from last week that I feel like kind of had a, had an impact on our, on our thing. Cause again, we got so much that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, you may be. We'll be probably over an hour, if I had to guess on this one, but we just started recording, and we'll see. I mean, every word out of our mouths makes your day even better, so uh, if you had it your way, we'd just never stop. All right. You're welcomed. You're <laughs> welcomed to the college football games. The first one I put, uh, you had a Notre Dame beating NC State 35-14, and this is a game we circled a few weeks back that we said could be interesting. Uh, what's your takeaway from that that uh, that win from the Irish? Um, I, you know, I, I'm still not bought in on Notre Dame and I, I think I'm one of the few people, I guess that isn't, but here, here is their schedule so far this season. Uh, they played Georgia and we remember the Georgia game, Georgia won by one. Um, but it looks like a home game for Georgia. Uh, they played temple before that. That's not really a big contest at Boston college at Michigan state against Miami of Ohio at UNC Versus Notre Dame at home, and then versus NC State at home. Brick, which of those games gives them the right to be the number three team in the nation? Well, if you asked uh, Florida State, they'd say Boston College is a huge win. Um. This is, I mean, <laughs> what a disappointing, like, uh, it's just one of the more uh, underwhelming uh, opening, you know, opening college football playoff poll three teams I've seen in a long time. I don't think NC State was ever that good. NC State got good because they beat Florida State and they beat a, a, a very uh, 
mediocre Florida State team and a very mediocre Louisville team minus Lamar Jackson. You're right. I, I like this NC. I like the NC State team. I'll call them good, but I won't call them very good. I'm not going to say that this is a you know a, a win that you brag about at the end of the year. No. Um, I, for Notre Dame, for Notre Dame, actually, we're going to talk a lot about uh, pretty much every team in the top ten, and then some in this episode. So I'll save most of my Notre Dame stuff for when we get to there. But you know, Notre Dame did a good job running away with this game. They showed that their running back, uh, I think his name is Allen, if I'm not mistaken, number 33. He's a very, very good player. Um, he's he's their he's he's their guy. Wimbush has sure. been okay at quarterback, but he's not. Um, they don't have much of a passing game. So I'm going to save most of my reaction from what Notre Dame is for uh, about halfway through the podcast. But, you know, they're number three in the country at this point. Do they deserve it? You don't agree. I'm not quite there either, and I'll explain why in a little bit. The other game was Ohio State 39, Penn State 38. And I'm so glad I chose uh, to watch this game. You know, I almost took a nap. That's how bad I was feeling on Saturday I was so tired I don't know why I was so tired and then uh it's it's almost like we both work a a lot of hours we stay up stop working we stay up throughout all hours of the night doing a podcast that that may be why you're tired there bud anyway so this game looked to be Penn State looked like they had it pretty much in hand going to the fourth which is about when I started to not lose interest just the bed was calling my name I thought no you know what you know, I have a guy that I chose to win the Heisman on the other side. I have to see if he can at least throw up a fight. My goodness, that game was amazing. That was a great game. It was a great game. It was the only game I got to watch on Saturday. Uh, I was running around all day, you know, and I watched highlights from all the other games. But I watched pretty much every snap from this game. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think Ohio State has kind of figured it out, you know, and I feel like they've done this the past three or four seasons. Uh, ever since the national championship year, and even that year as well, um, you know, I, I feel like they've taken a couple games where they, you know, they sort of need to f- kind of find their rhythm. And they struggled early this year against Indiana. Obviously, the Oklahoma loss happened, um, and it, it just sort of took them a while to get in the groove uh, of the college football season. Now that they're there, I expect them to really kind of churn out these wins uh, left and right. And, you know, I do expect them to be in the playoffs once, uh, once you know. Uh, late December, early January rolls around. Um, so yeah, I, I think you hit it, the nail on the head there with Ohio State. They're a team that's figuring themselves out. And at the end, at the end of the day, I'm also not selling Penn State down the river. This was just a great game with a lot of emotion, a lot of plays made on both sides of the ball, and and uh, I think both teams are still pretty well within striking distance of the playoff if if certain things go their way. What this game did really was just create a murkier picture in the top 10 of the of the college football world and and create a murkier picture on who might be there at the end of the season so with that in mind you know I kind of want to talk about we haven't done much of this this year uh we're moving into November and it's about time where we start doing it talking about the landscape of college football the teams that are at the top who do we like who do we not like and I want to start with a team that we really 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 need to discuss now and that's Georgia they're number one in the country do you agree with that? Um, do I think they're the best team in college football right now? No. Do I think that they deserve the number one spot? Yes. And that's confusing, but I think it's important to make that assertion, right? Because you can you can be the number one team in the country, but not necessarily be the top team in college football. And that sounds really dumb, and I understand that. But look at Georgia's resume so far. 
They beat a Notre Dame team, which the committee thinks is the number three team in the nation. And then they've pretty much dismantled everybody else they've played. Uh, you know, we talked about it uh, when Alabama uh, injured DeAndre Francois and they started struggling. What we talked about was, uh, look, people are going to forget how good this team was when Alabama played them. And that's exactly what's happened. Uh, you know, so I think people have sort of forgotten that, and that's why Alabama's number two. They don't consider Florida State a good win anymore. Uh, but, you know, and it, it's tough to argue the other way. But at the end of the day, you know, Georgia's got, quote-unquote, the more impressive resume. Um, they've got a head full of steam and everything. Um, but they need to hold on. You know, their season's not over. they still got a tough game at Jordan-Hare in Auburn and at Atlanta or at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And then, you know, if they win out, win their last four games here, they'll travel back to Atlanta the next week to play in the ICC Championship game. So, you know, there's there's still a lot of room left for them to make mistakes and slip up, just like there is for everybody in college football. That opportunity is still there for Alabama as well, and you and I both know how quickly that can happen. Uh I, I think they deserve it. Um, I think they've got a really good chance of being undefeated as long as they don't look too too far ahead into the future and they stick to their game. You know, I don't think that they've really got to worry about uh, Auburn or Georgia Tech's run defense. Um, and I think if they need to depend on Jake from State Farm, as you call him, yep. uh, for one or two games, I think they can do that. I See, I really like this Georgia team, obviously. Everybody likes what they're doing. I'm really, really, really liking what they are becoming and what they're showing me that they can be. They are almost sort of reminding me of those early-on Alabama teams that were built on ball control, built on strong defense. I don't think that this year's Georgia team is as good as Alabama was in, say, 2008, or especially not nine, but maybe 2008 is who I want to liken them to. I don't think they're yeah. quite there. But I do see shades of that team. I do see uh, a team that, that is capable of, of being very motivated. Obviously, the 2008 team was very motivated until uh, the bowl game, essentially. Um, and they were just built on running the ball with a stable of running backs and a young quarterback. They didn't throw the ball too much. Um, but at the same time, you know, I put on here, why won't they win the title? Here's why I don't think they'll win the national championship, besides they have to play Alabama once, potentially twice. I don't know that I trust their passing game enough for the even more so than I trusted out as little as I trusted Alabama's at the end of last year. Um, they're they're going to run into a very good run defense against Auburn. That's going to be a tough game. I think that's going to be their first tough game since Notre Dame. Um, Auburn has played up to competition every single game this year, even against Clemson, except for their Mercer game. They had one really bad week. Everything else, they've been a pretty good, to very good team at times. Um, after that, and of course, they're going to run, like you said, into Georgia Tech. We'll see if that defense is disciplined enough to defend an option like that. I think they'll be fine. And then after that, they just have to play a lot of good teams. I think they legitimately could be the second best team in the country if we're both thinking that Alabama's number one. I think they're definitely top four. And, um, you know, I think Kirby Smart is, is really building something that it, in three years we could be debating every single year who the best team in the SEC is. Back to the way it used to be with Alabama and LSU. Right, and I think we've got to talk about uh, that in a larger scope, too. Um, you know, does Kirby start smart, stay at Georgia after Nick Saban leaves Alabama? Does I think he, he does. At, does he stay at Georgia, you know, 
indefinitely? Is he going to take a different job? You know, uh, what's the job that makes him leave? There's a lot of questions in that. And, you know, we also don't want to get too hyped up on a guy and it's, you know, when they first start showing success. We've right. done that before. Everybody's done it before. But, you know, people did it with USC last year. People did it with Penn State at the beginning of the year this year. You know, there's, like I said, there's a lot of opportunities for this Georgia team to mess up this season. Um, but I think they're trending in the right direction. There's no doubt that Kirby Smart is a great recruiter. You know, you and I saw that for four years firsthand. Uh, so I think that they're not going to struggle with recruiting. I think their main struggle is going to be uh, keeping players focused. Um, I think they might have uh, sort of an issue because they do play in the SEC East, and I think that's almost a weirder division to play in because it's not that competitive. You know, you you, you don't have somebody pushing you like Alabama and LSU did in the SEC West uh, back in the heyday of the SEC, and that still sounds weird for me to say, but that's true. Um, so I, I think it's interesting. I, you know, why won't they win the title? Because they just don't have that experience right now there's nobody on that team and especially not jake from state farm that i think can really relate any of their experience to a playoff situation or a national championship situation and i think that is going to be their downfall at some point it should be really interesting to see how they keep on going obviously we said uh they are um number one in the country uh the top four would be of course georgia alabama notre dame and clemson um Rounding out kind of the top ten would keep going Ohio State, or sorry, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, TCU, Wisconsin, Miami. So those ten teams, and then I added two more, Oklahoma State and Virginia Tech. Unless you unless you see somebody that you really, really think you could throw in that group, I think those are the still the 12-ish teams that have, in my opinion, a an okay to good-ish chance I don't think I believe in all these teams. We'll get into that in a minute. But those are the 12 teams that I think have a shot at the playoff. Is there anybody in there you want to add? No, there's no one I want to add. Um, There's a couple teams, and you've put them in bold, and I'm glad that I want to talk about. I I think Wisconsin's getting smacked in the mouth a little bit. Um, You know, I know they haven't really played anybody, but they haven't shown any signs of weakness or slowing down like they usually do at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, they, putting them really, at nine, I think, is little, a, a little, uh, a little. It's, it's a slap in the face. Yeah, you you, you put them at nine, you put them behind uh, TCU, you put them behind Penn State. I mean, I just, I don't know. If I'm an undefeated team and I'm looking up, I'm going, well, now wait a minute. Oklahoma and Ohio State and Clemson, I understand. Notre Dame, I don't understand. I don't get it. Why is Notre Dame's resume more impressive than Wisconsin? You ask everybody. Why is Notre Dame in the top four teams? Everybody says, oh, well, they're only losses to Georgia. Okay, well, Wisconsin hasn't lost yet. So where are we getting off thinking that Notre Dame is better than Wisconsin? I just, I don't see it. That's one thing that kind of frustrates me about, um, you know, we we talk about it every year. Obviously, don't read into the first uh, playoff rankings too much. But, um, you know, when you look at it, it's just, it's kind of a slap in the face to Wisconsin. Miami and Virginia Tech and Clemson. Now, that's well, here, sort of the tricky here, let's, triangle. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So, first of all, I put a couple teams in bold here. That would be Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Clemson, Wisconsin, Miami, Virginia Tech. I put them in bold because I think they control their destiny. Let's talk about each team. You, I, want to, I want to hear why because I'm, I'm going to agree with you. 
why don't you like this Notre Dame team and why don't you like them at number three? I do not like Notre Dame at number three. And I've said it, I'm going to sound like I'm dating a dead horse. Who have they played? Their biggest win right now is Michigan State. A Michigan State team that's not very good. I mean, they're they're fine, but it's not the Michigan State team that was competing for a national championship three years ago. Two years ago, I guess. Um, you know, and they beat them pretty soundly, and that's great. But people thinking USC and NC State are good wins, I don't see it. I don't see it. USC is 6-2 and two and has struggled against some very easy opponents this year. Um, NC State is was a terrible football team last year, and they're starting to rebuild. And it's great to see. Don't get me wrong. I like NC State a lot, just as a school, not even the football program. I've been over there. It's cool. It's a great campus and everything. I love it. Uh, the football program, it's great to see. They also lost to South Carolina to start the season. I forgot so, about that. You're right about that. How is that a big win? You know, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm looking at the schedule. Okay, they play Wake Forest at home. They go to Miami, and that's their last big game. So, unfortunately, I think you're right. I, I think they do control their own destiny, and I hate it. Here's why. They don't play a conference championship game. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. I despise that. So, you're going to tell me – and here's where it's really going to piss me off. Ready? Let me go ahead and give you my doomsday scenario. Let's say Virginia Tech or Miami – Okay, beat Clemson, but then lose to some other team that they shouldn't, right? You know, Miami beats Virginia Tech, beats Clemson, then loses to, like, Georgia Tech or somebody, okay? So you knock those three teams out. Then you've got Bama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Uh, Yeah, those teams, okay? One of those teams is going to get left out that deserves to be in, because either A, they're going to lose in their conference championship, or B, uh, they're not going to have, quote-unquote, as impressive as a resume as a Miami team that knocks off Clemson and Virginia Tech. You're right, and, and, it's, and, it, and it stinks it's that Notre Dame doesn't have, to, doesn't have to nut up, for lack of a better term in my mind, and join the ACC. I think they should right. be in the ACC. Yes, 100%. They should absolutely be forced to join a conference. But here's the thing. You know how to fix that, and we're going to get into a whole different discussion here, but seriously, here's how you fix it. You do an eight-team playoff, right, where you do uh, five of the teams are the Power Five Conference champions. You're in. Winning, you're in if you're the Power Five, and then you get three at-large bids. That is how you get Notre Dame in a conference. Because then Notre Dame is looking around going, oh, shit, we don't want to have to be one of those at-large teams. Yeah. You know, because a one-loss Notre Dame team this year for an at-large bid, no. No. Not with the schedule they've got. And here's another thing, and we benefit from this, you and I, because we're Alabama alumni. It's that name recognition. Why is Alabama at the top of the AP poll every single year to start off the season? Because of the name. Yeah, their success is great, don't get me wrong, but it's the name. If you put Western Michigan or – Let's say another. Let's say another uh, FBS independent school. Well, let's, like, hold on. Oh, let's even do this. Let's even do this. Why is Alabama at two and Wisconsin at nine? When Alabama, I saw this today. Uh, if you look at their strength of schedule, they are dead last out of Power Five teams at this point of the country. So if yeah. you're going to say Wisconsin hasn't played anybody, and then you're going to put Alabama at two, Wisconsin also undefeated at nine, also undefeated Miami at ten. 
where's your justification there? And you're absolutely right about uh, name recognition. It, that's all it is. That's all it is. And I think Notre Dame benefits from that more than anyone. And it's it's infuriating to me, like I said, because they don't play in a conference championship. And I think it's bull. I think it's absolute bull. I think they're doing it because they know they can cheat the system that way. Here's what I don't like about Notre Dame. Here's, here's my problem with Notre Dame. I think they are getting this um, – we've talked about quality loss on here, and it's kind of a joke and it's kind of a meme on the internet. But I think they're benefiting from the quality loss the 20 to 19 loss to Georgia. I'm going to rewind the clock and I'm going to tell you that Georgia team they played at home by the way. They played them at home and it was a Georgia team that had just lost their starter, Jacob Eason. It was Jake from State Farms first true road test. First true test at all. So that was a team that was really really still figuring itself out. I think if they played again today even in South Bend, I think Georgia wins by 20, 21 points. I agree. I think I think Georgia has now since figured themselves out. I think Notre Dame has stayed good, not great. I think Notre Dame's fine. I like the team. I like the direction they're heading, especially uh, from what they were last year. But I'm not buying that they're the number three team in the country. Um, I want to move on from Notre Dame, and I actually kind of want to really looking forward to getting into Clemson. So I'm going to talk about Clemson a little bit. They're number four, and they were the first team that really stuck out to me as why are they where they are? Clemson's at four, and they lost to Syracuse. They lost to Syracuse. Syracuse is an awful team. Uh, they've Let been okay at why. times, but... Kelly Bryant was not out of that game. That's I understand the, that. that. I is, understand that. No, 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 no. I, look, I'm saying I'm with you. I get it. That is the only reason they're at four, is because the committee said, oh, well, they lost to Syracuse. Oh, but they didn't have their starting quarterback. Well, of course they're going to lose to Syracuse. Well, yeah, that's freaking football. You know, you lose your most important guy, you find a way to win. I think Clemson's trending downward. Just as not as a program, but as this team this season, I don't think they're moving in the right direction. I think they played obviously they lost to Syracuse. I don't think that they look still again very beatable this past weekend against Georgia Tech. Um unfortunately their schedule is is pretty light until they get to an ACC championship game, and that's the big problem with these rankings because what you're saying is Notre Dame, Clemson, they keep winning. They're in very good standing. Well, their 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 schedule is probably two of the weakest to close the season. Clemson will have to face either Miami or Virginia Tech again in an ACC championship game. But you know, I haven't seen a ton. Obviously, the defense is awesome, but I haven't seen a ton from that offense. And 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 they looked again very beatable. I don't think they have the same moxie they had when they had uh, Deshaun Watson. And you know, quite frankly, I like these Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State. I like all three of those teams better than Clemson. Yeah, I, I like Ohio State a lot better than I like Clemson right now. Um, and I like Wisconsin better than I like either of those teams. You know, and I, I get they haven't played anybody, but they're undefeated. They're undefeated. They have not lost. Oklahoma Miami. lost. Oklahoma lost to TCU. My, TCU lost to Iowa State. Clemson lost Miami to Syracuse. Miami hasn't lost. Miami has not lost a single game. Virginia Tech has lost to Clemson, and Virginia Tech is behind an Oklahoma State team that looks like garbage right now. It's it's just it's baffling. It's like they got through the top two or three, and they were like, ah, screw it, and then everybody else, you know. But we shouldn't get too upset about wait, it. But wait, who did I just say Oklahoma lost to? Oklahoma didn't lose to TCU. Oklahoma lost to to Iowa State. Did they not? Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, so they lost to Iowa. So Iowa State's a ranked team this year, and they've been, you know. Uh, actually one of the, the most surprising teams in college football this year. 
Uh, and right. Of course, we love them for what they did in 2011. But Clemson at four, I think, I think that they're just they're putting them up there because the committee's saying, hey, they won it last year. They're defending champs. Um, I'm going right. to let you do this to me. I'm going to let you do this to me because you've been waiting a couple weeks. We're going to talk Oklahoma. Please. And uh, yeah, you. give me your give me your, give me your thoughts on Oklahoma. You're going to be disappointed in me because I'm not about to go off like you think. I think Oklahoma's going to get in. I'm with you, actually. I hate it. I hate it so much. It, if this, I swear, if this playoff is Bama, Georgia, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma, I'm, I'm going to vomit. I, I'll be so upset. But I think that's what we're headed towards because here's the thing. You've got Miami and Virginia Tech and Clemson. Two of those teams are going to knock each other out. You've got Wisconsin and Ohio State and Penn State. One, Two of those teams are going to knock each other out, right? Period. Oklahoma's last test is Oklahoma State. If they get through Oklahoma State, that's a big win. Then they play TCU at home, who we just talked about teams not trending in the right direction. TCU's definitely one of those teams. At Kansas, and then West Virginia at home to round out their season. I just don't don't see Oklahoma losing again. Well, here, I'll talk bad about them. Their defense is is, is way worse than I thought it would be. It's trash. Their Their offense is is bad. Their their receivers aren't playing the way I thought they'd be able to play this year. This team is bad. This team is Baker Mayfield. That's it, yeah. And a freshman running back, and that's it. Yep, yep. That's it. Everything else is garbage. (laughs) And, you know, I know you can't stand Baker Mayfield, and – Quite frankly, he's he's kind of talking his way out of my good graces. I wish he's had his wins, but now it's a different quote every week. I think he needs to shut up at this point. Yes. Um, no, he is he is the Oklahoma Cam Newton. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I was endeared when he beat Ohio State a little bit. I thought he had kind of fun with it, and he got his little revenge. But since then, okay, you don't. I don't need to hear you talk after you beat Texas by seven. I don't. I don't need to hear you talk anymore. Um, yeah. But still, at this point in the season, if I had a vote for Heisman, I'd be giving it to him as much as I want to give God, it to Barrett. God, I hate that. I hate those words. I know. I know. Why but would I think you not give it to Barkley, then? I think uh, I think Mayfield has been by far the most important player to his team this year because of the reasons I just said. If what without you, Baker Mayfield, I think what without Baker mean? Mayfield, Oklahoma has three losses. Are you forgetting that Saquon Barkley literally saved the game for Penn State twice this season? I, hey, it's close. It's close. It's close. Oh, God. It's close. You're giving it to a quarterback over a running back just to just to rustle my jimmies. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Just just to put pins and needles under my feet. You're just you're just making me angry on purpose, and I'm not gonna let you do it to me because it's Friday and I'm happy. All right. I'm not gonna let you do it. <laughs> not today, Brick. Not today. Run game is too important in college. Look, I'm already getting. All right. Let's get back to it. Who are your four at the end of the season? Go ahead and give me your four. What you think is gonna happen? So at the end of the season, what I see is I think uh, I'm having trouble. I, I really have trouble with this because I keep going back and forth. And we had this discussion um, kind of in the last national episode we did where we were separated but together. Um, we were uh, we talked about would the team would the the committee put in both Alabama and Georgia? That's a huge step for them to make. I don't know if they are ready there, or I don't know if I don't know if they're ready or if they're not. Um, it comes down to whether or not the committee says we're going to put in the four best teams, like is there what they say, or we're just going to put in four teams uh, and try to you know avoid as much argument as possible. I think at the end of the year, we'll have Alabama 1. I think they, they just run the table. 
I think we'll end up having uh, I think we'll end up having Clemson, Ohio State, and and uh, and and Georgia at four. I like it. Does that seem, I like that. Does that? Seem, I mean, it's this at is that point, I'll leave like out an... Oklahoma though. Yeah, but but Oklahoma. if all those teams come in with one loss, yes, that's what I, I was think about to say. Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's loss, loss is going to look the worst. worse. Yeah, exactly. I I think you've got. Uh, I think you've got to uh, hit the nail Ohio on State's the head. Ohio State's loss is to Oklahoma. Ah, this I is think tough. you. I think you hit the nail on the head with the Bama Georgia one and four. Um, I think both of those teams have a very good shot of entering in that SEC championship game undefeated. And barring a complete and total blowout, I think uh, I think those two teams are both in the playoff if they just make I'm, it to the I'm SEC already, championship I'm already, I'm, game. I'm sorry. I'm already switching mine. I have to. I okay. think I think with the, with the scenario I just said, I don't believe it, but I actually think that the committee would put an Oklahoma over Ohio State because Ohio State's loss is to Oklahoma. Is and to Oklahoma. Oklahoma will be coming off the first it? ever Big 12 championship game win. Yes. I yeah. think they I think the committee would put them and they'd probably if be the Oklahoma, number 14. If Oklahoma wins this weekend, they're beating the number 9 team according to the college football playoff. Yeah. So again, they they actually have more ranked games I think to end the season anyway. It's tough. So actually with what I think will happen, I'd have to go Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma and and uh and and who did I say? Uh Georgia. Georgia. I think Bama and Georgia are one and four. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be. I, I hope it's Clemson and Ohio State. I think that would be the most fun. What I think is going to happen is Bama one, Georgia four. Uh, I'm going to say Oklahoma at three and Notre Dame at two. I and feel I like Notre that. Dame could be the first one out. I think they'll be really penalized without that conference championship. God, I hope so. But honestly, if they didn't do it this week, what makes you think they're going to do it in a few weeks? I just you know? feel like when you get to the end of the year, it's all what have you done most recently? Well, well when we go to the playoff. When we're talking the playoff, the most recent thing, the most recent thing on everybody's mind is going to be, remember, the games that were played two nights ago. Yes. So I think that's what would hurt Notre Dame in the end there. I, I just I don't know it's it's all name recognition I think the college football playoff and everybody in college football has this love affair with Notre Dame and I don't understand it I think they cheat their way to the top every season and it makes me want to vomit <laughs> I think so too um uh, okay so we talked a little bit TCU Wisconsin a little bit Miami I do think will end up losing their first game this week I do think they've been kind of fools gold and skating along yes. on, on yeah uh, they they've been last year's Tennessee team this year. Yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of skating along to this point of the season. Yeah, we we keep looking up and they're undefeated, they're undefeated, they're undefeated until they're very much not undefeated anymore, and I think that's where we're headed with Miami starting this week. I don't think it's going to completely implode for them like it did for Tennessee. I do think they'll lose two or three games to end their season. And then Virginia Tech, I'm sorry, I just think if you face Clemson again, you're going to get eliminated. And they may even may they may even drop another one. So that kind of yeah. wraps up. That's how we feel about teams. Right. right. We argue about them all the time, but I'm actually surprised at how uh, much we agree with teams at this right. point of the year. You want to talk Heisman? I'm not, I'm not happy about Oklahoma. I want you to know that. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I I mean, I've never really rooted for Oklahoma either. Um, I just, just – I don't know. There's something about the way the offense plays in big games, and then they lose stupid games. All right, so we'll talk Heisman. I think there are five contenders 
as I put it. And it was Saquon Barkley. I think he still leads. I think he's still number one right now. I think the next three are almost arguable. They can switch depending on how you argue. And it's Bryce Love at Stanford. He's putting up, again, crazy, crazy, crazy numbers. Uh, Baker Mayfield is, again, being just that efficiency monster. JT Barrett has finally learned to win a big game. And he's secretly, since that Oklahoma game, been putting up huge numbers. And then he just did it on a huge stage last week. And then five would be just the field. Just everyone else. Yeah. I put it as a November superstar. Think of the way Derrick Henry burst onto the scene two years ago. Somebody that might be able to come pull up some big upsets and, and you know, maybe that running back from Notre Dame. I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Kelly Bryant might be able to play his way in there. Um, I think Jalen Hurts could play his way in there. He could if he would actually finish a game. <laughs> uh, I, well, look at their schedule. Look at Alabama's schedule. He's about to finish some games. And then say 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 Oklahoma State does win out. Say okay, we're completely wrong about them. They turn it on a guy like Mason Rudolph. That's what I mean by the field. Yeah. Uh. So who am I taking to win it? Who do you like out of that group? Who do who do who do who do you? Yeah. Not, I like not Saquon who's your vote today. Okay. Who do you I, think I, wins it at the end of the year? Probably. I I will say it's probably going to be a quarterback this year. Um. Whoever's team finishes highest. Right, so you're you're either looking at J.T. Barrett, Baker Mayfield, or if Jalen Hurts goes off, that could be a guy. You know, think about it. If Jalen Hurts comes out next week, throws for 326 yards and rushes for 100 and scores three or four touchdowns in a very shootout, you know, uncharacteristic Alabama LSU game, and he breaks off a 40-yard touchdown run in the last two minutes to win it, everybody's going to be singing his praises. And talking about what a great season he's had. Oh my gosh, he's only thrown one interception. Yada yada yada. Um, so I, I think you could argue that there's going to be a November superstar like that. But I think right now, if Saquon Barkley and Penn State can win out, I, I think it's his to lose. Um, you talk about a guy who's been important to his team and important to his team winning. Saquon Barkley has done it all. He took the opening kickoff back to the house last week. You know, the Iowa game, I put the team on his back, though. Put the Greg team Jennings. on his back. Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. But I, so I think, I think, like I said, if they went out, he's my Heisman. Um, now, if, if I know you love Baker Mayfield. I just think he started to become the villain a little bit too much for the voters and writers to actually vote for him. Um, I, I think he's sort of slowly shooting himself in the foot. But I could be wrong, but I just I, I think and I hope I'm right on this that the voters are gonna this year start taking into effect their character a little bit more than they have in the past, just given the scope of everything happening socially in the world of football right now. That's a good way. I hadn't even thought of it in that light. I like it. You're, so you're you're sticking with your preseason guy. My preseason guy is in here. It's JT Barrett. Um, yeah. And he's 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 in the top. He's launched himself back into that consideration. You said um, he, he quietly has been putting up huge numbers since the Oklahoma game. The reason it's been quiet is because they haven't played anybody besides Penn State. Yeah. He's not putting up big numbers against, you know, Michigan or, well, Wisconsin or anybody like that. You know, he's putting up big numbers against Ohio. He's putting up, put big up big numbers, numbers against, against the Toledo. guys you play. He's, got, he's probably got the most big games left, though. If you, th- if you think about Wisconsin... Uh, uh, Michigan's obviously a big one that's going to be prime time. 
it's there's a lot of big games left. But if I had to pick the guy that I think will win, if you told me to put money on it, and you're gonna hate it, even though you just mentioned it. See the thing. All right, I've got two guys in mind, and one of them's not on this list: Baker Mayfield and this Khalil Tate guy. And there's two scenarios I see. You know who I talk about when I say Khalil Tate? Hmm. He's this quarterback. If you haven't been keeping up with them. He just rushed for almost 900 yards in the month of of uh, October, the most in, like, the last 15 years. Mm. Very quietly at Arizona. So there's two scenarios. There's what happens last year where just kind of every candidate just kind of starts losing. Nobody's super impressive, and you give it to the guy with the best highlight reel. That will be the guy that's soaring up on draft boards. That I, I This Khalil Tate guy is – he scores an 89-yard touchdown three times a week, it looks like. Or the, everybody keeps winning out and, you know, somebody like Baker Mayfield wins. He threw last week for 266 yards and three touchdowns, and that was his worst game of the season. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want Baker Mayfield to win it, really. I would love to see JT Barrett win because I've always kind of liked him. Um, I, I think it's between Mayfield and Barkley at this point, and it, it's going to depend on whose team finishes better. That's a good way to think about it. Plus, you do know the quarterback bias, but I think Saquon's kind of breaking that quarterback bias and his popularity. I hope so, man. I'm sick of the uh, hashtag abolish the forward pass. Abolish it, baby. We need to make pass interference T-shirts that say abolish the forward pass on the back. One day when we get a t- like thousands and thousands of listeners, that's gonna be that's gonna be one of our quotes: is abolish the forward pass. Yeah, I mean, we will sell. I mean, dozens of shirts, maybe. Hey, speaking of the forward pass and a team that should have tried to at least abolish it a long time ago because they haven't been Uh-oh. able to do it in Uh-oh. four years. Uh-oh. Transitions. I, Transitions. I sense a transition coming. Is there I, a transition coming? So, big, big, big news last week on Sunday. On Sunday, the University of Florida parting ways with Jim McElwain mid-season. Bye. The first coach really first big name coach this year to get the axe and it came together quickly quickly within a week it came together the rumors of him needing to be gone and being gone holy cow what happened there you know i i think it's 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 a it's a mess it's definitely a mess but i i think it was sort of a long time brewing if you look behind the scenes right uh just take everything and i'll get your opinion and your summary of what happened off the field after this I want to talk about on the field you have a Florida team that since Urban Meyer has left looks like the dog that just needs to be put down I mean it's just sick it looks like it, it's just it Florida's trying to be the way they were in 2006 to 2008 9 when they were the guy they were the team to beat and they still sort of have that attitude but they don't have the talent to back it up anymore. Jim McElwain was brought in to get that talent there and then to develop it and win. And he didn't do it. Now, a lot of things happened that were sort of out of his control. Obviously, it sucks when you lose one of your quarterbacks to a steroid scandal. You know, you lose uh, a lot of your skill position players to the NFL in your second year. Then you lose some of the guys to a huge credit card fraud. There's a lot of things that happen, right? All, uh, that weren't really his fault. But on the field, I don't think Jim McElwain made enough headway against his rivals and against his SEC East competition 
to really warrant keeping his job. The great irony of it is he won the SEC East back-to-back years. Uh, but when he, it came to winning that SEC championship game, I don't think there was anyone in the Georgia Dome that thought that Florida was going to pull it out. And that's the issue. But that doesn't even cover half of it based off of what happened off the field. No, and, and that's the thing is, you know, a lot of people keep going, how do you fire a coach that, you know, took his team to the uh, – to the he, he's won the SEC East the last two years. Talking to Florida fans, talking to other people, they just tell you, hey, that's a very narrow-minded way of looking at it. First of all, he went to those SEC championship games based on the talent of the defensive players that Will Muschamp recruited. So there's that. He was brought in to fix the offense. He was brought in to take, hey, we've got a good defense. We're going to give you a good defense when you come in. You fix the offense. We're back to contending for real in the SEC. That was his job, and he didn't do it. He didn't ever develop a quarterback other than the one he lost. Um, It never came together. That mixed with everything else. Um, I felt like the team, he, he had this lone wolf mentality. He seemed like he never really mixed into the Gainesville atmosphere. Uh, you listen to his press conferences. He's a weird dude. Um, he's he's kind of a laid back personality. He's com- the complete opposite of of what somebody like Muschamp was. And then last week, last Monday, you had the statement in his press conference about how he's received death threats. Then he didn't work with team officials with it. I think at that moment is when he dug his grave. Because I think the team kind of wants him out. I think I think the I think Florida sees right now that Florida State is down. This is our chance to strike. This is our chance to strike. They're down. FSU struck when we started losing. We have to punch them back in the mouth now that they're losing. They're seeing Mark Richt at Miami go, "Hey, I might be building something here." They go, "We need to act fast. We need to get a much better guy in here. A killer mentality, dude." So what the University of Miami did was or not Miami, Florida said, Florida looked at that situation. Hey, I'm receiving death threats, but I don't want to tell you any more about it. And they jumped on it. They said, this is our moment to get exactly what we want. And they did him dirty. Dirty. Not illegal, but dirty. They said, hey, buddy, we can either fire you with cause and give you nothing, or you can take less than your agreed upon buyout, the $12 million that we owe you. You take, uh, say, a third. Well, Jim had to take a third, or he'd be fired with nothing, disgracefully, with cause. It's hard to find a job after that. It is. And so that's what they did. And they see they see guys like Dan Mullen, a former guy succeeding, a former defensive coordinator that's succeeding. They see Scott Frost succeeding. They see a lot of these guys that know the area doing real well, and they said, McElwain's not working. Now we can get rid of him. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, was this in a good idea, though? That's what I want to know. Or was this really hasty? Well, I, I, I definitely think it was hasty. You know, I, I definitely think it was it was quick and it wasn't well thought out. But I, I do think it's the right call because I'm not sure that Jim McElwain is a guy that was ready for that position yet. You know, he jumped from Colorado State not really competing ever for the Mountain West to all of a sudden the Florida job one of the high-profile jobs, not only in the SEC, in the country. Um, and it, that this whole situation to me tells me he was not ready for that job. So 
Do I think they did it hastily? Yes. But do I think it was the right call? Yeah. Because he's not your guy to get you uh, to get you up to that point, you know, um, that you once were. I, and so I think they made the right call. I'm just not really thrilled with how they did it. <laughs> I mean, it's either that or they had to come up with $12 million at the end of the year. My thing is they better have a plan, or this could very well mirror what um, – LSU did last year. You just got rid of a coach that no matter how which way you want to slice it, he did take you to back-to-back SEC East championships. You better have a plan. You better know, yeah. hey, we've got a really, really good shot at the guy they want. Dan Mel- maybe, they, maybe they know that Dan Mellon does want to come to Florida and that's who they want. Or Scott Frost. Maybe Scott Frost, who we all know should be very interested in the soon-to-be open Nebraska job because that's his alma mater. Maybe you think, hey, no, he says he wants to stay in Florida. Because you could lose both, and well, then you got Randy Shannon. He's your interim coach. You can't hmm. stick with him. You can't do what LSU just did, right? Right. And then you then you're starting with the guy that you have no faith might even be as good as the one you just had. So, I probably would have done it because at a school like Florida, you got to go big or go home. Um. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my point. And. You know, but it's just I, shocking. I, it's just shocking that he's the first guy yeah. while Butch Jones is still employed. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that uh, <laughs> they've got to be careful. I think Florida's got to be really careful as to who that next guy is, who that next guy that they hire is. I think they've got to really be wary of that. I think Scott Frost is a hot name right now, but I'm not sure he's a guy – Look, if you just got Jim McElwain from Colorado State after not really being sure that he's proven himself, why would you go out and get a guy at UCF? It's the same thing. I know he's taken UCF from uh, winless to undefeated at this point of the season, but Jim McElwain, the reason he hired him is because he had Colorado State with a couple like ten and two type seasons. Yeah, I mean that's the and he was the he was the hot offensive mind. Obviously, people think that maybe Scott Frost was one of these masterminds of the old Oregon offenses, but. If I were to if I were to make a call, I'd go get Dan Mullen. I don't care. I know he didn't used to get along with the old AD there. I know his wife isn't crazy about Gainesville. I try to go get him. I try to tell him, "Hey, we're going to make this as comfortable for you as possible." You know, he knows the area. He's obviously a very good coach. He's got a um, uh, Mississippi State competing. He keeps getting him good quarterbacks, and that above anything else is what Florida desires: a fun, sexy offense with a good quarterback because when they go to sleep at night, the last thing they do is close their picture book of Tim Tebow. Yes. And since then, he's produced two Tim Tebow-esque kind of quarterbacks, right? He's, he's Dak Prescott is the yes. successful NFL equivalent of Tim Tebow, and then this uh, Nick Fitzgerald is some three-star that he's turning into some big-time player in the, in the conference. So that's who Florida should get. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. No, I, I think Dan Mullen's your guy. And I really do. He's proven himself. I've also seen Willie Taggart's name thrown out. Why? 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 What has he done? Nothing. He hasn't Nothing. had a chance to. Pro- he might. I think he's a good coach, but I think if he you're hasn't Oregon proven and you, himself at Oregon yet. If if you if you get a call, and you're Oregon about Willie Taggart, you're going. Uh, yeah, go ahead and take him. That's fine. We it, sure. Go ahead. We don't even care. He's already on the plane. I'd honestly but, rather have Charlie Strong. Another guy that knows the area, and another guy that's had success in Florida than Willie Taggart. What about Petrino then? 
I, I think Petrino's trouble wherever he goes, and he can't coach a defense. I, I think I, th- I, I think Charlie Strong's is still a good coach, though. I think he just was in an unwinnable situation in Texas. He was very good at Louisville. He had Louisville going to New New Year's Six games. So, um, you know, I think both of those options are better than than McElwain. And and this is just another another instance of a team that is desperate to get to the back to the top of the conference. Because now not only do you have one Nick Saban, but you're potentially now dealing with a Nick Saban and a Kirby Smart. And so while yeah. your main rival, Florida State, is down, you got to make a move. And I think that's what they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, they definitely they definitely made a move. They definitely made a move. Uh, Charlie Strong's an interesting name. Um, 71 at USF, which is great, but it's also at USF. Right. Right. It's not – I mean, USF is not anywhere near Mississippi State as far as, uh, you know, level of talent that is recruited there, uh, caliber of teams that play there, that sort of thing. I think USF's great. I think Charlie Strong's done great there so far. But I feel like he uh, he didn't really need to do too much to impress a lot of people at USF. It was it was pretty bad. Um so, you know, I, I might pump the brakes on him. I just, from the way you and I are talking, it sounds like we're on the same page. I think Dan Mullen's your guy, and you got to go after him. Yeah, I, I think there's a 0% chance they get Charlie Strong, because I think whoever they get will be an offensive-minded coach. I was just throwing his name out there because I think I'd want him more than a guy like Taggart because, again, he knows Florida. He's recruited there very successfully in the past. Uh, he was what made Florida's defenses so good in those 2000s, and Dan Mullen was the architect of the offense. Then he had Urban Meyer, obviously, being the mastermind. That was a that was an all-star coaching staff, if we're talking coaching staffs there. That's a... Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a sure. pretty good one. For sure. Uh, all right. Hey, Lane Kiffin. What about Lane Kiffin? We're talking offensive masterminds. There's none bigger in the entirety of My college football than God. Lane Kiffin. I, I don't think life would get worse for Tennessee fans <laughs> than if that happened. <laughs> I, I can't oh, imagine how miserable they would be watching Lane Kiffin. If if that went well, which I don't think it would. You want to talk about guys who are in trouble wherever they go? My word. My God. Could you imagine Tennessee fans if Florida started going to SEC championship after SEC championship because of Lane Kiffin? They would die. They would die. Uh, it was bad enough he was an assistant in Alabama. I, I don't know what they would think if their biggest rival had them as their head coach and he was just whooping the tar out of them, kicking them while they're down. Uh, but I, I, I don't think Lane Kevin's proven himself as a head coach yet to get a job like Florida. <laughs> Do you want to hear something that's going to really grind your gear? No, we, we, we put a bar on Lane Kiffin talk. I'll tell you this off the podcast. I'm not going to open this can of worms. No, go ahead. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We're all friends here. Florida Atlantic. I'm just going through the, the, the rankings here. Florida Atlantic is a top 15 offense, right? And that's fine because Lane Kiffin knows how to get yards. But here's what's really, really going to get you. Um, rushing offense, he's eighth in the country. That makes me want to vomit. The dude that would never run the damn ball at Alabama has the eighth rushing offense in the country at Florida Atlantic Owls. Ugh. He's trying to win somebody another Heisman. That's the only explanation. <laughs> That's the only explanation. That's Actually, now that be. you mention it, I think he is. Honestly, like his best player is his running back, and he was tweeting something about him the other day about how he's number one. I think he's number one in scoring this year. I'm looking it up just so I can explain this madness, uh, just so I can help you sleep tonight. Um, where is he? Uh, 
just scrolling down his Twitter here. Um, uh, fill my dead air with something here while I... Oh, here it is. Um, Devin Singletary, he's uh, number one in the country in total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, and points scored. That's why he's running the ball. Of course. I told you. I told you. There's always something deeper. Brick, you and I are great uh, investigators of college football, by the way. We, we would make fantastic, like, detectives. Is that, why, does such a job this? exist? I wish. It was a, I, college I football detective? Are you I kidding thought, me? I thought I had my dream job, but I think I just made it up on the spot. Yeah, we're like the Sherlocks of college football? Yeah. No, That's awesome. Genius. All right. That's awesome. Uh, let's just go through. Let's do a pick 'em. Let's do a pick 'em right quick. Yeah, we got a um, lot of good games this week, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Lots week. Of, big road tests. Big road tests for some teams. Uh, let's start off. Penn State trying to bounce back and rewrite the ship after, or I don't know why I said rewrite, write the ship after a, a loss to Ohio State and kind of a crushing blow where they gave up a big lead. Uh, they play Michigan State this week at Michigan State, uh, which is pretty interesting. But I'm not really sold on Michigan State right now. I don't really think they're a good program. Uh, Michigan State's big win this year is against a Michigan team that is bad. Uh, I'm going to take Penn State. I'll take Penn State by 20 here. Uh, And here's why. I think they're really going to try and be motivated. They know they're behind the eight ball. And they're going to say, all right, well, now we're just going to run it up on everybody. Uh, So I expect Penn State... Uh, to really make a make a move this week as far as the offense is concerned. I've got Penn State by 20. I disagree with where you said Michigan State's not a good program. I think they're a great program that had a bad year, and I think they're getting back to where they could be. But the reason I Brick, put this it was game the down, joke, it was, but it was the greatest joke we've – one of the better reoccurring jokes that we've had texting each other back and forth is, hey, you remember when Alabama beat Michigan State and they never played football again? Well, we did it twice now. We've done it twice to him. <laughs> We've done it twice. Sorry. But, we, you know, we just we just kill that program. Um, no, okay, so the reason I put this game is because uh, Penn State's favored by nine, which feels low. It feels kind of like a slap in the face, like we're overreacting to their to their loss. Uh, I think Penn State wins this one by much more than nine. I'm going, I'm going more about three scores, like you said. I'm taking yeah. them. Another big one is Auburn at Texas A&M. Auburn at Texas A&M. Both teams... Uh, um, I think Auburn's coming off a bye. I don't remember what Texas A&M most recently did, but uh, this is a uh, Auburn's favored by 15. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's high. That's that's real high. Uh, I mean, Texas A&M is a weird school to try and figure out this year. You know, I think um, obviously they played Alabama close, but I think a lot of that was more Alabama's mistakes rather than Texas A&M playing great. Um you know, and that game is a lot closer, looks a lot closer than it actually was, I think. Um, you know, Auburn has been turning it on lately. They lost to LSU, but before that, they ripped off four straight wins, and then last week just beat the tar out of an Arkansas team that is god-awful this year. Uh, so it depends on which Auburn team comes out. If it's the Auburn team that struggled against Mercer and got whooped by Clemson, they're in for a bad time. Uh, over at Kyle Field in Texas A&M. Uh, but if they play like they did against uh, Ole Miss, play like they did against Arkansas, play like they did against Mississippi State where they won 49-10, to 10, um, you know, that Mississippi State team beat Texas A&M last week. You know, I, I think that's not a bad scoreline. I'm going to take Auburn here, but I'm only going to take him by a touchdown. I think it's going to be really close. I think this could be an overtime game. 
All right. Uh, hey, uh, we just mentioned uh, we're Sherlock's of college football. You want to know a fun little fact about this matchup? I'd love to. Since Texas A&M came to the SEC in 2012, the home team has yet to win this matchup. And I think oh, wow. that trend continues this week, actually. Um, I, I, The only reason I think Auburn could maybe do the 15 points, I think the two touchdown win, I'm taking them by two touchdowns in this, is because I'm not sure that the freshman quarterback, uh, um, Mond, Kellen Mond, Mond. in Texas A&M is ready quite yet to go up against a front like that. Uh, He didn't fare super well against Alabama. Alabama spotted him a couple points late, and uh, I don't think he's ready to take his game past that kind of front that Auburn has. And I'm taking Auburn by two touchdowns. I take him by 14. Uh, Okay. Uh, Next, we've got Clemson at NC State. Pack up. But I've got I've got Clemson in a big way here. Clemson knows that they're walking on eggshells right now. They're not going to take any chances. They're going to be extra careful with the ball. I've got Clemson here in a big win. They know they've just got to win out, and they're in the playoff. Uh, so I've got Clemson in a big way here. Uh, I think NC State is good, uh, but I, I'm not sure that they're really a uh, really a top tier team yet at all. Um, I think they are a lower twenties type team. Uh, for the foreseeable future. Remember, they lost to South Carolina to start out the year. They lost to South Carolina, but they do have a big, strong defensive chub on their team. They do. They do. They have a large chub. Very – see that the, – the thing with their chub – okay, their chub's bigger than Georgia's chub. Let's just call it what it is, right? Well, he's, he's a good bit bigger. We, we've seen both chubs, and when you compare and contrast the two chubs, you, you, you've got to, like – Right? I'm I'm not wrong there. NC State's chub is bigger, right? NC State's chub is bigger. And actually, I've been more impressed with NC State's chub this season. I've gotten to watch a little bit of NC State. Um, uh, Georgia's chub is used less frequently. You know, it used to be used so much. Used so much that they injured that chub. And they yeah. kind of backed up on how well, how much they used their chub at Georgia. <laughs> So bad. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> oh my god, we gotta stop doing these. At if one people the haven't stopped listening to this, then we all. I swear, like a... seriously, you know oh, the little boy. like fifteen second like fast forward you can hit on your phone. <laughs> I, I think as soon. I think ago. as soon as people hit like as soon as we say the word chub, people are like, nah, forget this, and they just start hitting it immediately. We just wondered how Georgia injured it. their chub from overuse. Yeah, they're, they're oh just, boy, they're done. They're done. All right. Refocus. Uh, okay, refocus. Um, <laughs> Clemson, seven and a half point favorite. Feels a little light to me. Yeah. Uh, NC State put up an okay showing against Notre Dame, but I think that Notre Dame game, they no. played them close until the second half, and then Notre Dame ran away with it. And I think that that in itself probably took a lot out of the Wolfpack. And so I'm going to go ahead and say that Clemson uh, wins this one by uh, 17. Good. Good, I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Clemson by 21 here. I really am. I I don't think I I don't think that Clemson's really gonna struggle with this team. Clemson, like I said, they know they they've got one shot at this now. You lose another one and you're done. That's it. You know you don't want to Clemson this. Don't do it. Um. Okay. Uh. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Brick, who you got? This is the big one. All right. This is Bedlam. We circled this game very early on in the season. We circled it probably even preseason. Um, both teams have shown their defenses aren't great, and I don't know why we ended up being surprised of that because this is, after all, the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma State being the home team, but Oklahoma, I think, is the team that uh, is 
is playing with just a lot more. I don't even know the word for it. Uh, I don't really have a rhyme or reason. I'm just taking Oklahoma based off the fact that I think that they're just playing a slightly better brand of football right now, and I say that through gritted teeth. Uh, but I think Oklahoma wins it. I'm going to give them. I'm going to spot them. Uh, I'm going to give them a very weird amount of points to win by. I'm giving them nine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's very specific. Look, I think both these teams suck because they don't have a chub. They're chubless. No. Um, <laughs> I, I think. I think Oklahoma does win this game. Um, you know, they've got that same mindset that Clemson does right now. Any Ohio State Clemson uh or sorry, Ohio State Clemson, Oklahoma and Penn State all have the same mindset right now. We have to win every game convincingly to get in the playoff. Period. Um there's there's no if ands or buts about it. Clemson's a little bit better off than Ohio State, Oklahoma and Penn State, but I think it's still okay, we've got we've got to make sure We've, we've, we've just got to make sure with this one. Right. I think the f- teams that have been put about 5 through 7, 5 through 8, will really come out gunning this week because of the uh, slight that they were given by the committee. Right, right. So I've got Oklahoma here. I think Baker Mayfield tries to have a, a, a big Heisman party for himself, and then I'm sure he'll tell all of us how he's going to be the next uh, Joe Namath um, later on after the game because it seems like all he wants to do is talk now. Uh, Texas at TCU. Future employers trying to get the upset against the Horned Frogs, my friend. I'm not seeing it. I would love to see it, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I got TCU here by 14. This is, I put upset alert, but this isn't the upset I'm taking this week. Um, I put them there because I think it could be closer than a lot of people think, but I'm also not going all the way and saying that Texas is going to upset TCU. I think they make it close. I think they make it interesting, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won because TCU could not find their offense last week. And Texas, God bless them, sometimes they do things well sometimes. Uh, But I'm still taking TCU uh, based on the fact that they're at home and based on the fact that uh, they might – I don't think they're going to fade into darkness because I like Gary Patterson so much as a coach. So uh, I'm with you. I take them by a few scores. I don't really care about the score. I think TCU wins. I do too. Uh, Virginia Tech at Miami. You were talking about upsets. This is my upset. Um I, I think Miami's gotten away with one too many, just a little too close wins. You know, just a little, it's a little too close, you know. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that Virginia Tech takes this one by seven. Uh, I will say this game goes to overtime. Um, you know, maybe Miami pulls some, uh, pulls some cardiac type stuff and ties it with three seconds left and they go to overtime. But I think Virginia Tech will win this one. Uh, and I think you'll see Virginia Tech and Clemson in the ACC championship game. I think Miami's chances this season, uh, they were already slim. They went really south when they lost that running back. I think his name is Walton. Uh, they lost him to injury, and he's their best player on offense. Uh, Miami, I'm not even calling this an upset because, believe it or not, Virginia Tech is favored by two and a half. Um, hmm. And I think they win by a little bit more than that because Miami's still not, even with Walton, they weren't yet a great offensive team Uh, they have this quarterback named Malik Rozier who's uh he's been okay he's been a lot like their old quarterback Brad Kaya if you remember him Um, I do the one that was highly overrated by Mel Kuyper and and friends um he's been okay he's he's been fine but uh I think if you're a fan of this podcast you're not a fan of Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper especially not Mel Kuyper especially not Mel Kuyper 
I think Virginia Tech actually wins it by – I don't think this game even touches overtime. I think Virginia Tech just – their defense puts too much pressure on Miami, a Miami team that's without their best playmaker and is kind of going to be running out of magic here. And this is the game that I said they'd lose. After they beat FSU, I said they'd go undefeated until they played Virginia Tech, and I stand by that. I think Virginia Tech wins uh, pretty handily by about 17. Got it. Uh, Life but not least, Arizona at USC. I don't really want to talk about this game because I don't think either of these teams are worth talking about, and I'm kind of mad you even Khalil Tate! There. Khalil Tate, baby! <sighs> Go ahead. Khalil Tate, baby. No, I'm picking the upset. USC's going down. I'm Who so cares? mad. I am so – I put it because we don't get to talk about them. We haven't, and I am so mad at USC. You don't realize how mad I am at USC because we haven't talked about it. Well, Sam Darnold yeah, because- has made me – oh, I can't stand him anymore. Why? Oh, he's, oh, he's, de- he's, de- he's, he's not good. He's not good. He had everybody fooled. You know the Tyra Banks gif? The Tyra Banks gif? We, I, we all believed in you. That one? Yeah. That's me. That's me, baby. Right? To, to quote Obi-Wan again, you were the chosen one. You were the chosen one. Man, we, we got to get that soundboard going. We got to get the soundboard going. Yeah, no, just um, whatever. I only put it because uh, before before you go to bed, just uh, trust me that you'll watch at least a couple of the weird just – he doesn't run like other dudes. He's got this different vision. Watch Khalil Tate a little bit so you know what I'm talking about. Fine, fine. All right. Break. We, we haven't talked about one other game. I'm a little pissed you didn't put it on there. I already know where you're going with this. Rice traveling to Legion Field tomorrow. Because uh, it is Friday for me. So the traveling to Legion Field tomorrow. You're going to play UAB. Blazer up. Your boy, Patrick Norwood, almost worked at UAB. UAB's got a winning record this season. BT UAB is good. UAB is pretty good. For having a first year back program? Yeah. They remember how to play football. Oh, football? Yeah, I've heard of it. Is what UAB is saying. Uh, Rice having a tough year. You know, uh, the, the boys, I, I've been on the phone with the boys. Obviously, after the Stanford game, we had some kinks to work out, right? Well, then you get a 17-point win at UTEP, and it looks like everything's going well. You go out of Houston, you lose by 35. You go to FIU, or <laughs> sorry, you play FIU at home, you lose by six. You're you, just, go, you just gloss over the 35-point <laughs> loss to Houston. You, you oh, travel oh. to Pitt, you lose by, hold on, it gets worse. You travel to Pitt. <laughs> You lose by 32. Uh, and that, those two sting. Those two back-to-back sting. You know, Houston's pretty good. Let, let's give Houston their credit. Whatever. And that game's at Houston. And everybody knows. <laughs> you jump You jump all on my back for, for mentioning that Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. And then you're you know, 32-point loss to Pitt. They showed here's, a lot. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That Houston team, you don't beat, you don't beat Houston in Houston. All right? You don't just walk Houston, into Houston all no. willy-nilly and beat Houston. You absolutely don't You do don't that. do it. You don't do it, especially do when you're chubless. And then you play FIU, you lose by six. That's tough. No one likes losing to the Golden Panthers. What, you mean Miami's boxing partner? No. No, we don't, we don't, we don't ever lose to FIU. Well, the Rice Owls did this season. Okay? Then you've got a uh, – You told out I have, to, I have to keep going. You don't walk into Houston and beat <laughs> Houston unless your name is Texas Tech <laughs> or, or Memphis – <laughs> or Memphis. <laughs> or Memphis. Listen, all I'm saying is no one scores 39 points on Rice in Houston. Uh, 
But no, so I I think I I think looking at it now, I'm not really I'm not feeling great about rice right right now, Brick. I'm not. I'm not as the thing is I'm not as passionate about rice football as I was my Boilermakers last year. You know? Uh it just I I'm kinda I'm kinda losing it. David Blayliff, I, I think he's gonna lose his job and I think he should. He's it's Oh his it's, tenure it's, run is over. Yes, it it's done. Your tenure it, it is time you lose, sir. Good day. He has exactly sixty nine losses in these ten years. Are you kidding me? Nice. Nice. All right, at UAB, that's a loss. Uh, but look, then you go and you play Louisiana Tech. Well, hell, I mean we we've already lost to the Roadrunners at this point this season. Let's go lose to the Bulldogs too. We'll lose to the Golden Panthers. We'll lose to the Blazers, the Golden Eagles, the Old Dominion Lions. Then play North Texas. Lose to the Eagles, uh, and then we'll just round out the rest of the zoo. You know, maybe they'll find a gazelle to play and lose. Maybe a giraffe will want to challenge them to a to a tussle, a roustabout, if you will, and they'll so lose that one. Your too. Cinderella team's struggling. My Cinderella team. Uh, they're my sweetheart. If you'll your remember. sweetheart. Sorry, not yeah, it's sweetheart team. Your sweetheart team struggling. My sweetheart team, FAU has. You do this every year, Devin. How do you do this, Devin? Literally, Adrian Peterson, Singletary on their team. You, you. <laughs> 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 you pick you pick the most aggravating sweethearts because they win. That's not the point of this. The point of this is that we can laugh at the point that I no, literally no, no, no. just glossed FAU's over a 35 Don't point get me wrong. to Houston. Florida Atlantic is not winning. They're doing fine. They're doing better than Rice. Rice has one win this season, and it was on September 9th <laughs> against the Miners. Okay, that's not great. And FAU has won four straight, but they're about to play a very tough Marshall team. All right, give me a sound off. We haven't had a good sound off in a while. Oh, buddy, you go first. I want All you right. to go first. See, my sound bo- my sound off is actually kind of depressing because it changed today. On my oh, way boy. to work, I was practicing my sound off. Right? It was about to be about. It was going to be an "I told you so" sound off. And my "I told you so" was I told all you fools. That if I had the number one, you know how much I love the NFL draft. I probably like the NFL draft more than I like the actual NFL. Um, I told everybody if I had the top pick, man, I'd be taking Deshaun Watson. I don't care. The dude's a dude. He can ball. And I was going to do this whole I told you so, guys. Uh, look, I've liked, I've really liked two quarterbacks the last two years, and their names are Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. Look at what they do on the field. Look at how they win, and then put them in your system and make it work. Hard to mess up a guy like Deshaun Watson. Unfortunately, it's sad because he tore his ACL today at practice, um, and that sucks for the NFL because, honestly, he was one of these up-and-coming bright stars in a league that really, really, really desperately needs them. They are getting new blood at the perfect time, but as their ratings drop, they're finally getting an infusion of, of young talent. But at the same time, I really hope he doesn't become the next Robert Griffin. I really like Deshaun Ooh, Watson in buddy. the NFL. I really like him. Ooh, buddy. I don't think you got to worry about... Uh, if, he need, if he needs to set out all of next year, do it. Do not rush Deshaun Watson back. No. He is a program, a franchise-changing talent. So that's my sound off now. Don't mess this up, Houston. Don't do what the, the Redskins did. Don't do what the Redskins did. Don't rush him back because you traded your entire future to go get him. The Redskins, he fell to you at 12... 
Let him take all of next year off if you need to. Because when he comes back, he's going to win MVP at some point in his career. Unfortunately, you and I both know that's not the scope of football right now. Nope, because you have to win now or your coach is going to get fired. Fired, fired, fire him, fire him. He's not Belichick. Fire get him. rid of him. My God. Well, what what if we don't win eight games and make it to the Super Bowl because this league makes no sense? <laughs> you know what? I, I had I had a sound off. I had a sound off, and I'm going to switch it. I'm going to switch it right now just based off that one sentence. If you're a fan of the NFL and you crap on any sort of soccer or hockey or anything else for how they do their playoff system. And the British Premier League, I get it. Like, I get why people get frustrated. They're like, oh, they do tables, and it's based off points, and it's stupid. Which you're right, it is. You know what else is stupid? The fact that you can lose eight games in a league and still win a championship. You can lose half your games and still win a championship. Brick, how? How is that entertaining for people to watch? It ain't how you start, it's how you finish. My other sound off is this. I'm giving you two today. I'm throwing a lot of heat. Brick, you've probably run into this. I run into this all the time. And I, I get that a lot of times it's just kids being kids. And I, I get that. And it is just children. However, people, please do us a favor. If you ever see someone with a camera, a video camera, don't purposefully get in the shot. Don't video bomb or photo bomb or walk up and ask if you can say something to your mom. Or try and constantly be in the background of a shot. If you do it subtly, whatever. That's fine. I love that stuff. When you see like eight minute rips of people who are just in the middle of, you know, the Macy's Day parade and they're just staring right at the camera. This is brilliant. That's genius stuff. But if you're just seeking attention, stop. Please stop. It's it hurts. And usually if someone's got a camera on their shoulder, they're already having a pretty stressful day. All right, and you're putting them in a position where now they've got to worry about you and the fact that you smell and the fact that you're constantly around the camera and the fact that you're probably ruining their nat sound. Can you tell I'm drawing from a very specific example of my life that's happened in the past two days? Oh, I'm I'm about to come at you with a lot of this. I'm about to, I'm about to. Agree you work in local news. I can't imagine. My stuff is usually just I'm shooting in house at games, you know, on the practice field, whatever. I can't imagine going out to like a restaurant and shooting something or a football game in high school where it's all about attention. All the time. This happens all the time. And this is how I react to it. All the time I'll be out and I'll be shooting something and someone will turn around and put me on the news, put me on the news. And every time, almost every time I should say, I turn around, I point the camera right at them. I say, all right, let's do this. Yeah, I know I do the same thing. They're always caught off guard. Deadpan. And they're like, what do, what do you want me to do? I'm like, you're the one that approached me. You're the one that has something to say to be put on the news, man. I'm in a football game. Who are you rooting for? All right, say, go Marlins. Come on, give me your go Marlins. And they're never ready. They're like, uh, go Marlins, man. <laughs> that happens yeah. all the time. No, and I'm like, all right, I, do... I can't use that. That, was, that wasn't very good. You weren't ready for this. Let me know. And I just, I mean, I'm not a jerk when I do it. I have fun with it. Oh, but... no, I am. I am. Especially if you annoy me once, I'm like, hey, look, do you mind? And I'm, I'm really, I try and be really calm about it because I understand. Like, people just want to be funny and get a joke. And I'm a guy who, I mean, Brick, you and I just rattled off a chub rant for about a minute and a half because we thought we were being funny. And I get it. I, I get it. I understand. But if I tell you once, like, hey, man, knock it off. That's it. You do it again. I usually, my go-to is I point the camera at people and I say, do something funny. 
and they just sit there. They don't, they're like so uncomfortable because I'm like, come on, make me laugh. And they don't know what to do. I'm like, all right then. And I'll point the camera some other way. Cause I'm just not, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I can't imagine doing it at high school football games, doing it at college soccer games. My God. I was at an elementary school today too. And they're elementary school kids. And like I said, I get it. They're kids are supposed to be dumb, but come on, dude, get, just get away. Just please get away from the camera. Oh, I don't mind kids, but I do mind this. Uh, a couple weeks ago I had, I was at a, I was at a, um, uh, 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 a Pop Warner thing. A Pop Warner thing. It was a little whatever. And um, kids, I don't mind. Kids are supposed to be silly and, you know, freak out when they're news cameras. No, it was the mom of a bunch of kids pointed at me and said, hey, go run. Go. He's got the camera pointing there. Go run over there. And I looked at the mom and was like, are you serious? Your kids have more restraint with the news camera around than you do? Well, <laughs> it was no, ridiculous. I mean, people, people it was are ridiculous. Just... The kids were just like, oh, okay. Like, that's that's the ultimate Instagram, right? You realize that is that I I genuinely think there are some people who have kids just so they can put them on Instagram. Ah, uh, you're onto something there. That's that's a sound off for another day, but you're absolutely right. Let's 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 end it at that. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening, Brick. If people, let's say someone wanted to go on their social media apps, their applications on their phone, and look us up, how how might how, how might one do that? How would they do that? That's a great question. Um, if they wanted to find us on uh, the social media, uh, they would be able to go to Twitter. They could do at PI underscore podcast. Obviously, we're also on Facebook uh, along with everybody else you know. We're Pat's Interference with an apostrophe S there. Uh, if you want to hear our podcast, a good place to go to start at least would be patsinterference.com. Uh, if you don't really feel like logging into patsinterference.com and you just want to do it from the the convenience of your phone, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud. Those are all great places to go as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We couldn't do this without you. We've wanted to do this for a long time. So we took a little bit of a of a, of a break from the national episodes. Break and I do have lives outside of the podcast, so unfortunately, as much as we would like that to be uh, the other way around. Uh, but, you know, we, we are working to improve this. Go ahead and give us a little review on iTunes. That's how we grow. That's how we get better. Uh, the more reviews we get, the higher we climb up in the charts and we'll get more people listening. And then who knows, maybe we can afford a soundboard one day and, uh, we can go from there or we could get some interns, uh, to look up some good audio clips for us. So you're not just listening to these two dumb dumbs talk all day, but, <laughs> interns uh, besides Kittle, at least b- besides Kittle and Skylar who currently, Oh God, I don't know where she is. Yeah. It's time to go. It's time to go. Dog's gone. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, We really, really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. And most of all, Brick, roll roll tide. tide.